Public health involves more than just COVID-19. On this episode, hear how Johnson County is addressing all public health needs from housing to mental health. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Frieda, Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. We're very used to hearing about the pandemic as it relates to public health, but this week we're talking about all the ways public health matters in our lives. We're going to start the conversation with Julie Brewer. She's with United Community Services. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here today. Well, first off, can you talk a little bit about your organization and the work that you do with Johnson County government? United Community Services of Johnson County has been around for more than 50 years, and really our core work is around education and advocacy, mobilization and planning, and targeted resource allocation. And what we focus on is our mission is to provide uh, the tools that help us enhance the availability and delivery of health and human services. In other words, we're investing the resources, the data, and the planning around how to make sure our residents are as healthy as they can be. Um, We look at our residents as the most vital economic resource we have, not only in our county, but in our state. And you do quite a bit of work with Johnson County government. Can you talk about that relationship? Absolutely. So Johnson County government is a planning partner with UCS. So we receive a planning grant through county government to do our work. We also receive planning dollars through uh, the United Way of Greater Kansas City. That's our foundational funding. Um, In our education and advocacy work um, and our mobilization and planning work, we actually do a lot of grant specific work. Currently, we're working on work around healthy communities with a, a focus on safe, stable, attainable housing. We're working on grant related work to transitional age youth, youth 18 to 24, who over the last five years, the poverty rate for that age demographic in the county has been two to two and a half times of that of the county's countywide poverty rate. Uh, 2020 saw a lot of COVID related work and we're still in that arena. We're the lead agency on homelessness for Johnson County. So we bring together all our partners, both uh, public and private sector partners uh, who are meeting the needs of those who are at risk or experiencing homelessness. And we write the combined grant for the federal dollars that come in through HUD for that work. And then um, specifically with our cities and with Johnson County, We do the grant review allocation and recommendation uh, work around the Human Service Fund. 14 of our cities in the county participate in uh, funding grants to uh, support safety net and health and human service infrastructure grants. Uh, If you think about your cost in city government and county government and and how to prevent higher costs, certainly having uh, services in that arena are are vital. And then uh, state of Kansas has the alcohol tax fund, the per drink tax, and a third of that by state statute is to be allocated for education, prevention, uh, treatment, detoxification, an array of services. And so collectively those cities who collect those dollars in the county, uh, we do the grant review uh, and allocation and evaluation process for that as well. All right, good information there. Uh, So when we think about public health, 
housing isn't necessarily something that comes to mind instantly, but you, you talked about housing as, as being one of those issues that you guys closely follow. Can you talk about um, what that looks like in Johnson County and why that's related to public health? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we've been doing some grant-specific work around this issue since the middle of 2017. Um, not only do we have three healthcare funders supporting this work, but also our cities and the county have invested in a housing study and housing task force work that is currently going on. So we view our work through the lens of the social determinants of health and health equity. And what do I mean by that? You know, health equity means that everyone has a fair and just opportunity to be as healthy as possible. And this requires removing uh, obstacles to health, such as poverty, discrimination, and their consequences, including powerlessness and the lack of access to good jobs with fair pay, quality education, housing, safe environments, and health care. Uh, research has demonstrated that uh, about 50% of our health is really made up of our physical environment and our socioeconomic factors. In other words, where we live, work, learn, uh, play, and pray uh, really has an impact on our health. As a matter of fact, we work closely with the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment, and they have looked at life expectancy by zip code in Johnson County. And there is a variance as much of nine years, depending on where you live in the county and what your access to services look like, as well as there's a disproportionate uh, life expectancy gap uh, for our uh, Latino Hispanic population versus our non-Hispanic population by about 12 years. So uh, we really do see that these other physical and socioeconomic factors have a have a quite a significant impact on, on our health and well-being. So when you talk about public health related to housing, are we, are we talking about um, the fact that people may have lower income, so they have less access to things like health care and and their housing may may. Um, not be up to code or there may be mold issues. I mean, how, how are those all related and how does that really impact health? Absolutely, a great question. So there's a number of lenses we can look through. So let's start with attainable housing, which is housing priced at a point that, that I'm able to meet my housing need and my other needs. You know, a great example is a few years ago when the federal government had a shutdown, a sequestration for a bit. Um, uh, national research was done afterwards of those employees who were impacted by that. What was the number one thing they made sure if they have resources to cover nothing else that, that was their priority one to cover? Their housing. What was the last thing that they, uh, that was, what was the last priority that they covered? Their health, meaning non-emergent care went by the wayside. Uh, prescriptions, not picking up, not getting refilling prescriptions went by the wayside, all those things. So when we think about what makes up our health and we understand our physical environment and our socioeconomic circumstances has such a large impact on our health, let's think about a few things. We know that according to the most recent data for the county, 40% of our renters and more than 18% of our homeowners with a mortgage are cost burden in their housing, which means they're paying more than 30% of their gross income into their housing. So when that happens, what doesn't happen? 
what doesn't happen with my nutrition when I think of, of making meeting that grocery bill need? What doesn't happen with my health care when I put off maybe uh, preventative health care that needs to be happening so I can stay healthy or, or I don't do a procedure that maybe I need? Um, you know, my mental health, what happens to that? We know, thanks to the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment and their 2018 Community Health Needs Assessment, uh, one of the questions that were asked of residents is, what do you worry about? And 25% worry about their medical bills, 19, their credit card debt, 19% their utilities, 17 their percent their mortgage um, or their rent, uh, you know, student debt, groceries, health insurance. Not only did we have that data to look at, but we also know when you take a deeper dive in that data and you ask questions, we find out that one in three individuals reported being emotionally upset uh, due to their finances, sometimes usually always in the last 12 months during this research that was done. And one in five Johnson County residents who were surveyed reported experiencing physical symptoms, an upset stomach, headache due to their finances, sometimes usually always in the last year. So, and that was data, you know, that was done in 2018. I can only imagine if we were out knocking on the doors and asking those questions today, what those numbers could look like uh, due to the pandemic. So when we think about housing and health, it's housing and health, my cost, and what can I not do if so much of my income is going into my housing? Then we talk about safe and stable housing. We talk about um, the condition of my housing and how if I'm in housing that's already taxing more than a third of my income, um, and I, I may be in, a, in an existing uh, home or own with a mortgage situation, but I have to defer maintenance because other costs are, are stretching my budget, um, then you're right. Are there things happening in that house that could attribute to health issues? Um, and then going back to the toll it takes, both a physical toll and a mental health toll, if I am constantly living in a cycle of stress of how I'm going to pay, cover all my, and, and what are the choices I'm making if I am a home, if I am a head of household with minor children that need childcare solutions, and, and what does that leave me with, and what does that bring on as far as safety or, or stress concerns? So all of that really has has that impact on our health. And that definitely makes sense once you start connecting the dots. And there are lots of things that are, are related to, to health and, and largely related to your income. Um, when people think of Johnson County, they don't think this is necessarily an issue here. So what, what's the reality? I'm glad you asked that question. So, um, you know, it's interesting as we are reflective of the pandemic and some of the things that we've learned you know, one of the things we learned is we kind of gave a new title to a lot of people in a lot of different jobs. We call them essential workers, whether it's the grocery store employee or uh, the person working at the rest restaurant who's doing the curbside to go, or, you know, making sure the garbage collection was still happening, making sure that our educators were still able to stand up learning solutions in a pandemic, and our mental health providers have their numbers as far as telehealth calls have really gone up. And so when you start to look at 
for instance, approximately 138,000 employees in Johnson County fall into three occupational groups, office and administrative support, sales, food prep and serving. But those jobs top out as far as uh, income, a little over 35,000 a year. So when you look at that and you layer that over your housing cost, um, then you start to see who are we leaving behind? Whose times and talent is spent in our community, but housing solutions are not there to find? And why wouldn't I want my kindergarten teacher living next door to me? Why wouldn't I want the clerk that helps me at the grocery store? Not only do you look at housing transportation cost burden, but we have heat maps that can show us housing and transportation costs combined cost burden about if you're spending more than 15% of your gross income on your transportation costs, you're considered transportation cost burden. Uh, Johnson County is, um, over the course of years is typically identified as the healthiest county in the state. But when you dig into that uh, data, an area that we do not measure high is around our physical environment because they look at things such as the number of hours you're commuting. They look at uh, your, the, the basically the pollution in the air that's put out by all, because we're a very car dominated community. And then let's go back to our housing and let's go back to the jobs. We looked over uh, the course of the last from 2017 to 2020 and uh, where income growth has been. And income growth has been um, as little as 0.2% in some uh, job occupations to as high as maybe 12.5%. But our housing cost over that same period has risen by more than 19%. So we know not only in the county, but nationwide, that our cost of our housing is uh, increasing at a much steeper rate than uh, wage growth. What do we do about this? So we've been doing a lot and, and we really, um, really are very appreciative of the partnership with the county and our cities who have prioritized this issue. Uh, back in 2019, uh, our cities and the county invested in a housing study and task force. That study was launched in 2020 and completed at the end of 2020. Uh, we had over 4,600 residents uh, participated in the resident survey on housing. We had listening sessions throughout all geographic areas of our community, virtually, of course, due to the pandemic. Um, and that report is released and available um, and it looks not only at the big picture of the county, but there's a section on every city. And we immediately moved into our task force. We had um, in the study, in the residential survey, more than 500 participants in that survey identified as being interested in participating in the task force. Um, over 200 signed up and we've had more than 100 participants on each convening. One of the blessings, if you could say out of the pandemic is we move this process to a virtual process, which has allowed us to really open the doors to the number of folks who could participate. About 50% of our participants are residents in our community. Um, the other 50% are also residents, but they're residents who are developers or 
financial institutions, uh, city and county elected officials, city and county staff, uh, representing the business community, representing education, representing agencies, home builders, developers. Um, and this group has come together and really looked at the goals that came out of the housing study and are moving them to recommendations and a creation of a toolkit that we can share with our jurisdictions and with the developer and home builder community on, on how we can get to solutions. So the energy is there. A number of our cities have, and the county has prioritized uh, addressing our housing situation. And really, if we think about it, our economic development plan in many of our cities in the county looks at um, having all types of services and jobs, you know, your entertainment and your attractions to retain and, and attract people to the community, your infrastructure, as well as your office, light manufacturing and such. We need to be as intentional when we develop, when we think about our housing, because all those jobs pay at different wages. So do we currently offer housing that is reflective of all those different incomes? And for the most part, we're seeing that we have gaps in that area. So, um, so we're excited about the work. We're excited about the level of participation. And this is not just happening in Johnson County. This is really happening regionally as well. We're seeing our, our surrounding cities and our neighbor in Missouri also working around this issue and recognizing that this is um, a high critical issue for all of us. And just tying this all back to public health again. So once we see some of those equity issues addressed within housing, then you suspect we'll probably see some improvements in overall public health? Absolutely. I think if, if we can create an environment where, I mean, addressing such things that maybe my commute one way to my job is in 45 minutes, what does that look like? What does that look like for maybe my ability to uh, participate in my child's school? What does that look like for maybe a savings to some of my child care solutions? Uh, what does that look like just for other things that I can do for myself as far as health and well-being? Um, so uh, we look at, once again, if I'm not cost burdened in my housing, how does that allow free up some income for me to address other matters in my life that impact my health? So we often have to look at all these things as puzzle pieces. And if you're missing one piece of the puzzle, you know, as a puzzler, drives me nuts. But, but certainly, you know, it makes a big difference in being able to have a complete self and a complete picture. And I'm going to go back to our most vital asset we have in our community are our residents. And if we're not investing in making sure that our residents um, can be the talented contributors we want them to be to continue to have a thriving community, um, then we're missing the mark. And certainly housing is a crucial component of that. All right. Well, that's all very great information. And we look forward to, to seeing improvements in our community as the, as the years go forward. And um, we thank you for the work that you've done uh, in the community to, to help with this issue. Thank you. Great uh, spending some time with you today. And Public Health Week starts April 5th and then runs throughout the week. You can learn more about Public Health Week by going to our website, jococov.org. Thanks for listening. You just heard Joco on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jococov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.